Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to UFC middleweight Eric Anders. He's coming off the big win at UFC Fresno. He took out Marcus Perez with a unanimous decision, and the guy's starting to feel more comfortable inside the UFC's octagon. It's funny, you ask him, and he'll be like, dude, I was always comfortable, but it's cool to see him coming into his own inside the UFC. He wants Lyoto Machida next, so, you know... It's going to be interesting to see if uh, Machida's willing to take that fight. Eric said he's willing to fight him in Brazil, though, so let's see if uh, Lyoto steps up. And then we're going to be joined by the MMA animator himself. I'm talking about Mojahed Fujilat. I mean, you guys have seen all this dude's unbelievable animation work. He's absolutely killing it. And I finally got the chance to interview him on Half the Battle. You may have heard the interview on my YouTube channel, but i got to release it for the first time for all the SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher users. And all the Android, I think you guys are on that podcast addict or whatever it's called. So definitely got to put that out for y'all. Now before we talk to Eric, I just want to say, holy shit, Marlon Morais. I mean, look, I thought he was going to win the fight, but I didn't think he was going to knock Aljamain out stiff. And that was a vicious KO. I'm glad to hear Aljamain's doing better. But man, Marlon Morais, now he's up there with guys like Jimmy Rivera. Now he's up there with guys like Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz, John Lineker. He's one of those top five guys. You know his next fight is going to be a title eliminator. So my eyes are on Marlon Morais now, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was a fan before. I was very interested to see what he was going to do. But when you go in there and you knock out a guy like Aljamain Sterling in under a minute and a half... I mean, what else do I have to say? So keep your eye on that guy. And of course, we got to mention Brian T-City Ortega because, oh my God, I mean, a lot of us knew that he had the best jujitsu in the 145-pound division, but now we might got to go ahead and say that he's got the best jujitsu in the entire UFC because, I mean, the way he was dangling off Cub's neck and then he readjusted is just unlike anything I've ever seen before. And, you know, often the kid gets off to a slow start. That's why he's got, you know, he had four third round finishes in a row now he got a second round finish and he almost finished the fight in the first round there i mean you saw when he dragged cub down in the mat i mean that was basically a game set and match the bell rang and then he uh, got him out of there in the second so what i'm thinking now is look if ricardo lamas gets a win here against josh emmett then i say do brian t city ortega versus ricardo lamas if ricardo lamas doesn't get the victory over josh emmett I say give Brian T. City Ortega the winner of Max Holloway versus uh, Frankie Edgar. Look, I know it's a huge step up in competition, but every single time this guy has stepped up, he's won. And, I mean, he's never had any cupcakes uh, in his whole UFC career besides maybe his debut. So he's been running through everyone they've been giving him, and now it's time to see if he's uh, ready to become a UFC champion. All right, well, let's hit up Eric Anders. Here we go. And joining me now is UFC middleweight Eric Anders. Eric, welcome back to Half the Battle. Hey, man, appreciate you having me. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. So, obviously, you're coming off the huge win. We'll talk about that in a sec. But I got to know, man, what's the process like after you get a big win like that? Are you just back there knocking out the media? Are you eating a whole box of pizza to yourself? Do you get the chance to go back and watch the fights? Like, what's the process like after you get a big win? Well, they they take you back there uh, backstage and whatnot. And, uh, you got to go see the doctor and clear all your medical stuff. And then you take a bunch of pictures. And then, uh, you know, you got to talk to the media, you know, whoever they got lined up for you and wants to talk to you and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, you go back there, you shower. Uh, for me, you know, I, you know, I get dressed and I go immediately to the green room where they got all the, all the good food at. 
And what kind of food are they uh, hooking the UFC fighters up with? Because I know they take care of y'all after the weigh-ins too, and it's, you know, coconut water, fruit, stuff like that. But after the fights, I mean, I'm sure they hook it up, right? Yeah, man. This, uh, you know, it, it, I guess it's different each time. You know, the stuff they have in New York is a little bit different than what they have uh, out there in California. You know, uh, California, the, the food selection was, was much more impressive. You know, they had steak, um, uh, mashed potatoes, some vegetables. Um, they had the ice cream on deck. Um, they, had, they had a bunch of good stuff, man. Uh, much better than what they had in New York. Man, they're giving you all steak now? Yeah, it was like a um, tri-steak or, you know, not like a filet mignon or a <laughs> or nothing like that. But, you know, basically just beef. So what was the deal with New York, man? Was it just pizza? Man, they, they had like um, meatballs and, you know, some, just a bunch of stuff that, you know, I just wasn't feeling right after the fight. But they did have some red double cake that I uh, partook in. So, man, I mean, you just beat this dude very impressively. It almost seemed like you had a, an easy contest in there. And, look, were you just basically having fun in there, man? Because I know if you really wanted to, you could have put the guy away, but it seemed like you were trying to get some octagon time. What was the deal, man? Man, you know, uh, I've read that and people have asked me that. But, you know, Marcus is a tough dude, man. I was definitely in there trying to get him out of there. If I could go out there and throw one punch and knock the guy out, then, you know, that's what I would have done. Um, but, you know, uh, he's tough. You know, every time the, the referee would warn him to move, you know, he would kind of, like, hide his head so I couldn't get no, any, any more clean shots and had to readjust my position and start all over, uh, if that makes sense. So, um, man, I was definitely trying to get him out of there. Uh, I was just, you know, couldn't get it done. And, uh, you know, it is, it, it's going to be like that sometimes. You know, you're not going to be able to just, you know, uh, knock everybody out in the first, you know, minute or two of the first round. So, you know, uh, like I said before, uh, round one through round five, it doesn't matter. I'm good to go anytime. I mean, Marcus seems like a real tricky guy. Like, there were times when you were walking him down, and I know he wanted to set up that spin, and also on the mat, he had a couple submission attempts. I mean, you think he's going to give some dudes some problems? Uh, he might. You know, uh, he was very unorthodox in the way he moved. And, you know, a lot of my shots, I know I punch, I know I hit him a lot, but you know, the ones that I really wanted, you know, he just really just kind of barely slid out of the way. And I was just missing, missing by, you know, by, by just a little hair. So, um, you know, do I think he's going to win, a, um, you know, the middleweight belt? Probably not. Um, but, you know, he'll have, a, he'll have a few fights and last a little bit in the UFC, I think. So are you starting to feel more comfortable uh, more comfortable inside the UFC's octagon, man? Because now you have, you know, about, what, 17 minutes of octagon experience? Yeah, man, I'm always comfortable, you know. Uh, it wouldn't matter if, if I would have gotten out of there in the first round or, you know, if Tim and it's all both spent uh, the full uh, 15 minutes. You know, I'm conditioned to go five rounds and more if necessary. So, you know, it, it, I'm comfortable. I'm always cool in there. So, I think I just got up to a little bit late start in the first round. Uh, I think I probably could have gotten out of there in the first round. But, um, you know, he's holding tough and, you know, like I said, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got a good chin, you know. You know, I was digging him and punching him and, you know, doing everything that I could, man. He saw his flush shot. Um, you know, he just, you know, he was just there. So, dude, you mentioned you got to eat some steak afterwards. Then after that, did you go back and check out the fights or were you just chilling with the family? What were you doing? Oh, yeah, I, I watched them all uh, after my fight. You know, they got a TV back there in the, 
in the uh, in the dressing room, in the locker room, uh, even in the green room where all the food is at, they got they got the uh, TV set up. So there's really no place that you can go backstage uh, that you can't watch the fight. So man, I know you saw that Marlon Moraes knockout, right? Ooh, did I? Man, what do you think about that? Man, you know that that guy is pretty good, man. And you know he, he's 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 actually in my locker room, and uh, man, he's back there warming up. He looked crisp. He looked precise. Um, you know, he looked good warming up. And, you know, he went out there and uh, you know, I guess he caught uh, Alzheimer's Sterling trying to go for what he thought was a leg kick, but he turned into a knee. And uh, you know, it's not peanut butter and jelly. He wouldn't eat that. Yeah, man, that was a, a vicious knockout. Now I'm feeling like Marlon, dude, like he's right up there with uh, with Jimmy Rivera, Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw. I feel like he could uh, get a title shot in the next uh, six months. Man, yeah, I think he'll have to win a few more fights. I think he, he dropped his first one in the UFC. So, um, now I think he's right up there in contention. You know, one or two more fights and, you know, he should be in there. So, man, I heard you calling out Machida and obviously, I mean – for as far as I'm concerned, that's a great matchup for you. You think uh, there's any chance Leoto takes that? Maybe, hopefully. You know, uh, a little bit of a risk associated with him. You know, um, he's dropped his last two, I believe. You know, he lost, uh, got knocked out by Derek Brunson. So, you know, um, probably not looking to take another L. Probably trying to fight a more smoother. You know, not like a power punch. I think his chin is gone. So he may not be trying to take that risk. So we'll see, man. He's a seasoned bet, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, I totally agree. He probably isn't trying to take that risk, but at the same time, he might think like, "Oh, this guy's only two and zero in the UFC. I could handle him." You know what I mean? I hope that's what he's thinking. I hope he takes a cup. Uh, I hope. I hope he take. I hope that's his. Uh, his. Uh, his uh, thought process. Yeah, that'd be great. So I mean, you said you're down to go to Brazil too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know they're going there the, that first week in February, so, you know, why not? I mean, would that hostile environment do anything for you at all, man? Because I know you're a game day competitor, so it probably wouldn't even matter, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, running, you know, I think, I think it's going to be cool, you know, they're running down, to, running, running around talking about I'm going to die and, you know, this, that, and whatnot. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Rush in the moment. I hope he takes the fight and uh, we can get that set up. Swear away. So, man, a year ago today, you weren't in the UFC, and now you are two and zero in the UFC, looking great. So, I mean, are things going according to plan? Uh, according to how you visualize things? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm hoping to, you know, get three fights uh, in the UFC this year. But you know, whatever. Uh, I'll take what I got. And, uh, and you know, hopefully, the, that beginning part of the, the new year, I'll be fighting the number fourteen ranked guy in the division. I'll take my first to the next level. So we'll see what they got going on. So, man, I heard that you got a CBD sponsorship. And uh, does that yeah. really help you recover after training a lot? Yeah, I love it, man. You know, yeah, the thing that I noticed first and foremost was, you know, I really don't sleep throughout the night. Like, I'll sleep for two or three hours, get up, be up for a while, and, you know, kind of take naps or whatever. But with, uh, with the CBD, it's uh Mm-hmm. It uh, really helps me sleep through the night. So, are you taking like naps, like between training sessions and things like that? I try to, you know, uh, just because I train all morning and I have another 
you know, and then I train again at night. So, you know, you kind of need a little something to, uh, you know, keep the energy up. No, 100%, man. So are you uh, only using CBD at night or is it like an all-day type ordeal? No, I use it all day. I use it all day. Okay, so it definitely helps you like before training as well too, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what's up, man. You want to? Uh, you know, there's you know there's there's countless other uh, health benefits to it as well. You know, kind of helps stabilize blood sugar. It helps reduce and prevent the plaque and the builds up in your brain that causes Alzheimer's dementia and CTE. So man, there's you know hundreds of uh, health benefits to using CBD. Yeah, all that kind of stuff got legalized here uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, very recently. So, you know, obviously we support it over here, man. So you want to plug the brand that's sponsoring you real quick? Yeah, Infinite CBD. Uh, you can go to infinitecbd.com. They got a bunch of stuff, you know, lotion, swabs, uh, pills, melatonin, vape pens, uh, gummies, um, you, know, uh, you know, a bunch of different ways to, to consume and use the product. And if you use promo code Anders, it's also going to save you some money at checkout. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. The only issue is when I get that pack of gummies, I'm going to eat the whole thing in one sitting, man. I know. It's good, man. It's really good. <laughs> so, man, how do you spend the rest of uh, you know, the rest of this year, man? Uh, well, actually, Friday, my wife and I were going to uh, Brazil, and we'll be back at the beginning of the year. Okay, now, now I see why you want to fight in Brazil. You're getting, uh, you're getting the experience out the way, so you'll be prepared, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, my wife is Brazilian, so she's been wanting to take me uh, since we met and whatnot. So, um, just going down there to, uh, you know, you know, it's summertime down there, so to get out of the cold and whatnot. Uh, so you, uh, you so. speak a little bit of Portuguese, then a couple words? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I can probably get around and stuff. So, you know, uh, here in the next week will be the next, you know, the real test. See how my Portuguese is coming along. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If all else fails, just say boa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, so it just got announced for the middleweight title. Robert Whitaker is defending his belt against Luke Rockhold. I mean, look, man, I'm picking Whitaker, but I rarely often pick against him. What's your pick for this one? Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, Robert Whitaker is going to be the king of the be the king of the division for a while. Um you know, Luke Rockhold's good and whatnot, but, you know, David Branch came in there and put it on him in that first round uh, when they fought. Uh, so it took Rockhold a little time to, uh, you know, get in there and get started and whatnot. And I think that's the luxury that Winters going to provide him. I think Winters going to be in and out of his face the whole time. He's his range and his movement to uh, dictate the pace and whatnot. I don't think Winters or uh, I don't think Rockhold's going to be able to take him down, so. I think it's going to be a stand-up fight, and I think that uh, Whitaker takes it. So I remember, and Rockwell's chin is gone, too. Yeah, I noticed that. So I remember, dude, like around the time when I first started interviewing you, a lot of the top guys at middleweight were kind of, you know, they're kind of aging competitors. Bisbing was still champ. But now there is a whole new life at middleweight, man, because you got these guys like Bora Chinha, guys like uh, – all these young guys, Carlos Jr. So what do you think about all these up-and-coming guys at uh, Middleweight? Because it looks like there's really new blood there. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a good time to be in the Middleweight division. You know, I think there's a, a big separation between the top five and the rest of the division. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of young guys who are making their way up. You know, Thiago Santos, um, Paulo Costa, um, like you said, Antonio Carlos Jr., 
uh, who are definitely uh, climbing the ladder as well. So, you know, we'll see how, you know, uh, fight games funny like that. You know, guys can be on a, on a tear and then drop one and then, you know, he's in his career and doesn't just quite recover like he should or like he could have gone. So, you know, it, it's crazy. You know, we'll see how the, how the division shakes up and whatnot. Man, what do you think would go down if uh, you and Elias Theodoro fought? Because I saw his fight with Dan Kelly, and look, much respect to anyone that steps inside the UFC's octagon, something that I, I don't do, you guys are badasses, but when as someone who bets on the sport and analyzes the sport, I don't think that someone can just you know kick you and run away the entire time. And when we talk about kicking you, we're not talking about Jose Aldo or Barboza either. Yeah, nah, he comes out there with those little foot slaps and whatnot. I'm telling you right now, if me and Theodore fight, I'm knocking him out. And that's the only, you know, that's the only way that fight's going to end. Um, me beating him up, it going the same way it did against Marcus Perez, you know, winning 25, 30 rounds, uh, point rounds and whatnot. Um, or he gets knocked out. You know, I don't think he's got very good wrestling. He definitely can't take me down. Uh, zero knockout power. And he runs the whole time. So uh, my last two opponents to try to turn their back and run and, you know, you saw the end result of those fights. So, you know, I think if uh, me and Theodore fight, he gets knocked out. I mean, you basically answered the question already, but just to word it with other words, you don't think he's going to be able to run away from you the entire time. You think you'll be able to stalk him down, right? Nah, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, if he if he tries those kicks like he did against Dan Kelly, it's going to be a short night for him. And uh, But I don't think he takes the fight, man. I don't think he wants that pressure. I think he knows the deal and what he's in for. Should he step into the octagon with me? So you know, there's really no point in trying to talk about that fight. That's a fight that I've asked for in the past, and he came with, you know, some BS. And, you know, at the end of the day, he ain't signed a contract. So, you know, not really a fight. He's really shown, you know, the, uh, you know he's got a little fear in his heart. So uh, it's a fight that interests me at the moment. So, I mean, with all honesty, when you really think about it, I mean, do you think it's going to be, a, you know, someone like Machida next? Or, or are you thinking we're going to just get, you know, another just another win against someone else and then keep working our way up that ladder? You know, Machida's definitely at the top of the wish list. Um, but you know, if they give it to me, great. If not, then, you know, I'll just lay the next person they put in front of me. It really doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, if I have the choice between fighting the number 14 guy in the division and you know, somebody who's ranked lower than him, of course, I'd rather fight the cheater. Yes, sir. Well, Eric, man, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Congrats again on the big win. The fans can follow you at Eric Anders. Eric, any message for the fans before we go? Hey, man, I appreciate all the love and support you guys sent my way, man. It's, uh, you know, you don't hear enough from the fighters, I don't think, but it's always much appreciated, and, uh, you know, uh, we love the support as well. Hey, thanks for the time again, bro. We'll speak soon. Hey, appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Take care. And now we're going to be joined by Mojahed Fujilat. Joining me now is the man behind all the incredible MMA animations we've been seeing lately. I'm talking about Mojahed Fujilat. Mojahed, welcome to Half the Battle. Hi, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. The pleasure's mine. You know, thank you so much for entertaining all the fans of MMA with all the work you've been doing, we absolutely love it. And I got to ask you right off the bat, man, how did you get involved in MMA? When did you become a fan of the sport? Uh, well, I started uh, falling in love with the sport since I saw Anderson Silva. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't knowing much about the sport un until I saw uh, a video of a highlight of uh, Anderson Silva. Since that, I started watching more and more and more for Anderson Silva. 
And uh, before you know it, you know everything now about MMA. Firstly, where do you live? Where are you from? Well, I live uh, in Amman, Jordan, Middle East. Thanks again for taking the time because I know there's a huge time difference over there. And how did you get started doing all the animation? Because I would assume that you were an artist before you started working on MMA. Yes, actually, um, middle in the middle of my study in university, because in university my major was a computer information system, which is uh, programming, which is uh, I didn't like, and I, I didn't see myself working in the future in this major. So I start looking for for other passions. I was known in the school and in university as uh, my artistic skills. So I said to myself, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot, trying to learn, teach myself doing these animations. So. In the second year, I start uh, looking and doing research about the animations, and I pop uh, like uh, I found like uh, many ways. Uh, the best way that I fall in love with it's the 3D animations, which is the hardest one out there. So I start uh, teaching myself and learning uh, from from books, DVDs. At the time that I finished my university, I also graduate, if I can say. Uh, from another major, which is self-taught 3D animations. I start working on it uh, since 2009 in companies and uh, uh, freelancer job. And now, uh, thankfully, I, I have like uh, more than 10 years experience behind me. And it's all helped in, uh, in these uh, MMA animations. Was there a specific art that you did before you got into animations or was that your entry? Uh, uh, mostly I used to draw. To draw like characters like in the school I just I don't like you know I wasn't that kid who just interested in school or university or something it's it's kind of boring for me so I always uh, bring my sketchboard with me uh, like a little uh, a little book and I start looking at the teachers or the students uh, the students and I start uh, drawing them and it's happened with me also in the, in, in the university but I always have these uh, these ideas in my mind. Like I wish if I can make a story out of this drawing because the drawing is still it does not move. There's no there's no life uh, to it. So I thought like I should learn animation because uh, these these ideas that uh, in my brain is worth trying. And uh, look what happened now. Wow, you know I was going to ask you what draws you into the animation, but I think you just answered that. It's the fact that you're bringing the the drawings to life, right? Yes, exactly. And because I have, uh, I guess, me and my brothers uh, at the same house, we use always uh, to have fun with each other, uh, like just talking. Like everything happened like front of us on TV with the family, with the friends. Immediately we start creating a story when we skate. So I start with the story. Imagine if this happened and that happened and that happened. And my, my, my big brother came and start continuing the story. So in the family here, we are known as have a big imagination. So this is why... I have the ability that, to came up with uh, with stories uh, in a, in a very fast time because I immediately I don't like pay, put an effort uh, making the stories because it came like uh, like a kid naturally pop up in my brain and I put some tweaks here and there and here we go. Man, and I mean, what's the reaction been like to all the incredible work you're doing? Because for me, you know, I'm just a fan, but I'd have to assume that you know other people are reaching out to you, maybe. It's created a lot of opportunities for you. So what's the reaction been like to all your art? Um, the reaction, I can say, like, there's so many companies here and there, like, asking for uh, uh, if I do request. These things exist. And there's more also a freelancing job. And there's also uh, connections, like, uh, with you 
uh, with other uh, with other uh, like um, MMA media trying to get to to make an interview or asking questions, um, trying to know more information about what they do, and also there's there's also uh, more connections uh, with the MMA fighters and champions and uh, boxing champions. Thankfully, now I have like many MMA and uh, former MMA champions and boxing champions like uh, I'm in uh, connection with and talk uh, talk uh, talk together sometimes on Skype or texting each other on a potential uh, in, in a potential uh, business uh, relationship. What was the first MMA animation video you ever did? Because the first one I saw of you was the very famous. Uh, yeah, Coach Edmund one. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's at? Where, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, lion. So, that was so amazing. Yeah, but but the first one I uh, the, the first one I make was for Demetrius Johnson when he defended the, his title against the winner of the Ultimate Fighter season. That was the first one. Uh, I actually when I started I started like uh, last year exactly this date last year. So I was I wasn't like thinking like I'm go I'm I'm going this far because I just have back then like uh, free time more free time so i said to myself you know what i'm gonna just try, try to make an animation and actually i was left animation for three years before i came back and the only thing that uh, pushed me to come back to animation is uh, the passion that i have and the energy that i have from uh, watching mma so uh, i did uh, the first animation for uh, demetrius johnson and i started getting messages from here and there and from fans and from pages uh, on twitter and instagram asking me and telling me keep it up pushing keep pushing keep doing keep them coming and good things will happen and i say you know what i'm gonna give it a try and uh, before you know it uh, it's almost a year and obviously, you're a hardcore fan of MMA because when you watch your videos, the details in terms of you know exactly what's going on in the scene, in the fight. So, man, how are you able to balance that with, you know, your full-time job? Because to make those videos, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably not easy, man. I mean, you got to put some serious work in. Yes, exactly. It's, it's not easy at all. But uh, the, good th the good thing about uh, the way I'm thinking uh, since I was a kid, uh, I always tell myself, if I don't want to learn a new things, I should be the best at what I do. And I cannot keep doing the same thing over and over and over without, without any progress. So uh, if you notice my work, uh, sometimes uh, it usually, uh, when I started, takes a 15 to, to 12 days. Then I start reducing the time uh, to 10 to 5 days until I made to myself a challenge. Uh, me with my friends and I said you know what I'm gonna reach a point where I, I have the ability to make an animation 3D animation full from the story to the characters to the voiceover to, to everything inside one day and that exactly what happened last week if you notice that uh, since uh, the last UFC main uh, the last UFC to 217 um, I made animation every single day for six days and that was really 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 the biggest achievement I ever done in animation world like uh, if you know someone uh, involved in uh, 3D animation, he will tell you that these things are uh, the most complicated, hardest thing in the animation scene. And alhamdulillah, I, I have the ability now to produce animation every single day. The balance now came between, came between uh, these animations uh, that I do for MMA World and uh, my work because I work as a freelancer. I don't work like uh, with companies like every day I go... Um, I have like contract if they have a project that need need for me to to be there in the company or I have a project that I can work uh, at home. I have the balance because 
Uh, I reached the point where I can do these things very fast, especially after a year. I have a big, big library of the characters. Like I, I maybe uh, modeled all the characters. Now I have all of them in a fight shape or in like uh, in a cloth shape. So uh, all I have to do is put the story, put the character in the scene and animate them and upload them online. Now, man, when you're writing the stories, I mean, do you have storyboards? Like, how, how exactly do you script them? Uh, mostly, sometimes uh, I put a story before before the event. And I say, you know what, based on the event, I'm going to make that week. So uh, sometimes, like, I make my prediction. I say I put the story based uh, on my predictions. And if, uh, if other fighters, like, upset my predictions, I'm going to tweak the story for them. And sometimes I have no time to create a story like what happened uh, last week. I just, uh, based on the news, based on the event, like uh, last night animation, suddenly Conor McGregor crashes Bellator cage and I have a million message, a million email, please do this, please do this. And I woke up and I have no idea what's going on in the internet. And I just checked in and I found Conor McGregor crashes uh, Bellator cage and I immediately uh, put uh, like 40 second, 50 second animations for the fans of, uh, of these animations. So, man, how far are you looking to take this? Because obviously you love what you do. You're always putting out great content. But now that you're getting the attention that you are, I mean, do you think you're going to be working for the UFC soon? Well, I wish. I think it's the pinnacle. It's the top thing that um, if you if you love your job, which is animation, and you love the content of the animation, which is could be your entertainment, which is uh, the MMA, you ha- you're doing animation of MMA. It's going to be like uh, the lottery ticket, let's say. Uh, I wish if I could have uh, a sponsor and I wish if I can have like uh, a partnership with the UFC or with an MMA promotion where I can really focus, full, full focus on these animations. So, man, I know you're a very humble guy, and I want to know what your favorite work that you've produced is. I'll tell you what my favorite ones of yours are. Obviously, the Edmund one, the Darren Till new sheriff in town, and most recently, the commentators for the Rose fight. That was unbelievable. But for you, what's your proudest work you've done for the MMA animations? Um, depend on uh, depend on what this animation target, because as you see in the past, sometimes I focus in the comedy, of uh, the animations and sometimes I focus in the art perspective because sometimes the art perspective is my pleasure in in these animations. So I'm going to say from an artist perspective, I fall in love with uh, the the animation that I made for Cody and TJ, which is named No Love, that uh, that trip to the pyramids. That was one of my favorite. And Tony, Tony Ferguson uh, training in in the jungle when he he captured the... uh, Habib and he t- captured uh, Kevin Lee and uh, Connor. That also my favorite. And the funny thing about uh, uh, the video that uh, that went viral this week, the the commentators video. Have you seen it? Absolutely. Yeah. That the funny thing about this video, while I'm working on it, in the middle of working, I almost shut down that video because I thought, you know what? It's not funny enough. Like, what's the point of like making an animation about three guys staring at the screen? screaming and uh, like there is no scenario just bring the voice and animate the character based on the voice and that's it so in the middle of the way i thought you know what i don't think this is funny so i almost shut down the video but for some reason i say you know what i'm gonna continue and i finished it and i thought you know what it seems it seems really funny so i upload it and last thing you know it's in joe rogan 
uh, it's in Joe Rogan uh, Instagram page, then in it's in UFC Instagram page, then it's everywhere. So thankfully that I did not stop working on it. No, 100%, man. So, okay, we mentioned that you have the talent for the art. You love the sport. But where does the sense of humor come from, man? Because it's not just great work. It's hilarious, too. It's probably the environment where I grow up. Uh, I live in a home with uh, five five brothers. We have no sisters, just five brothers. And I and I am the youngest, the youngest one. So you can imagine how, how we're living between, like, five brothers. And we all full of sense of humor. And also uh, the schools. And uh, the environment where I live and the neighborhood and the friends here and there, it's all, uh, it's all fun. Even, even in the university, I was lucky to have like friends really, really almost like a stand up comedy show 24 hours. So I think this is uh, also affect my personality growing up and also affect the, ter- the, the direction that I'm taking with, uh, with my career. And how does your family feel about your work? I mean, they must be very proud. They're so happy and they're so proud and I am so lucky to have them around me because sometimes when you have like a lit down moment, like when you're disappointed about this and that, you, you probably, you probably will think like your family, your, or your friends or your dad and mom will gonna tell you like, you know what, you, you have a long run. Now it's time to try something else. But no, every time I think like, you know what, I should stop doing this I, because it's not, it's not exactly going the direction that I wished to go. I find uh, the opposite uh, the opposite support from them. They're always pushing me to keep doing this and keep doing it. You don't know what's going to happen and looks what happened. And every time, every update that happened with me, I always t- tell them, even if they don't know anything about the sport. And sometimes they, they watch the animation and they don't understand anything about this animation because they, they're not fan of the sport. They, they feel so proud after they see like what I started from the scratch and the, to, the, to the place where the, the top, promotion and the world posting your work uh, on the page where they have maybe more than 9 million now it's uh, it's a big thing so i'm i'm really thankful for the the MMA fan that pushed the work and i'm also thankful for everyone who watched and um, commented and gave me credit and posted my work everywhere well man we're thankful for the work that you do and what can we expect in years to come are you just going to you know just keep upping your game keep putting content out left and right well, it must be it must be bigger because there's no point of keeping putting the same content over and over and over. I think it could be a show. I think uh, it could be produced as a short movie or maybe a long movie. But we but all these things probably need uh, a teamwork, need the sponsors, need the need like more than one one man show to take care of all of these. You mentioned how you have you know a whole stable of fighters you know, at your disposal that you're able to use for these animations. Do you have a bunch that we haven't even seen yet? Uh, no, because I, um, I uh, model these, uh, these characters based on the animation. If I have uh, an animation that requires a new character, I immediately will, uh, will model it. But sometimes, you know, uh, some of these fighters that, uh, that fighting, maybe even if they putting in a great fight, they're not, they're not super famous. So if I did an animation about them, nobody will care because probably not everyone watched the fight and not everyone, uh, uh, like understand uh, the base of the story or the base of the joke, th- so they will understand. So I I try to focus on uh, on the in the, in the fo- I try to focus in the famous characters like Habib, like Connor, like Dana White, Joe Rogan. These characters that everybody know that everybody seek to see. 
Well, Majahed, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. I'm a fan for life. Keep up the great work. Let the fans know where they can follow you on social media and any message for them. Go ahead. Uh, thank you for having me and thanks for the fan for uh, for staying in the journey so long and uh, let's keep uh, let's keep doing what we're doing and I promise you uh, the best are uh, are to come. There you have it, folks. Eric Anders and Mojahed Fujilat. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC Winnipeg RDA versus Robbie Lawler. So fear not. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at BestFightPicks. Go to BestFightPicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up those five-star reviews. Going to keep giving out these winners, man, you know? On a nice little win streak right now. and just going to keep that up and... uh. Can't wait to see what 2018 brings, but before that, we got a huge max bet at UFC 219 that we got to cash. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.